Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com Matt Riddle Brocast for January 5th. Matt, what's up? Nothing, man. Crazy, crazy developments here in the Riddle household. Do tell. So, we are driving home from the grocery store yesterday. And we see a guy running five huskies. And my oh. wife goes, I think that's our dog Dutch right there. I go, really? So I turn around, park, and my wife runs after the guy running the five dogs. But well, once you know it, it's been a year. But our dog Dutch, we found him. And like he's been, he was adopted. Not adopted, but he's still like looking to be adopted so we applied paperwork and of course they called us back as the guy knows it's us and they're coming to the house to like you know they have to do the whole adoption process thing yeah but yeah i thought you were i thought you were gonna tell me that like this man stole your dog not at all not at all he's just and he was practicing practicing for the iditarod the uh husky race Dude, just he was there with like five other huskies, just running, just living the dream. And so it's he, it's been a year since you lost him. It's we lost him January twenty ninth last year. Wow. Yeah. And that's they, unbelievable. And they found him the same day we lost him. It's just like he went to a different shelter, like one we normally don't go to, not a local one. So. Damn. So how far away was he this whole time? Not that far, like literally, like miles away. Oh damn! No, it's it's only been a year. He's he's looks good. He was really happy to see us, though. In a... he went old school on you all. Like back at like sixty years ago, you could just if you wanted to disappear, all you had to do was move to the next town over. That's true. Like nobody's gonna find you. Hey, interesting. Yes. That's awesome. So yeah, so uh, so we're probably gonna get our dog back. I don't see why we won. 
So had they had they what what did they say when you when your wife chased chased the guy down? What was his well, reaction? I, uh, he 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 could tell that that was our dog. Like when because they call him like Hawkeye because he has one blue eye and one brown eye. So like, but we were like Dutch, and when we say Dutch, he comes running right for us. You know. Oh, wow. Uh, you, you know, it's our dog. We had him for a couple of years. Like, he's like four years old now. So tell me, why'd you name him Dutch, Matt? Just he looks like a Dutch, you know? He's just like Siberian Husky. My friend uh, growing up had a Norwegian Husky. He had, I love Huskies. And he named his dog Dutch. And he lost his dog. And uh, I got a Siberian Husky, and I was like, might as well name him Dutch, keep the tradition going. And I lost my dog, but I found it. So, I think Siberian Huskies are like the most beautiful dogs like ever. It's, I think they're awesome. Dutch is a pretty legit dog. Soon enough, I might be doing the podcast with Dutch next Yes. Year. Yeah. So That'd be glad. We parents, need a cameo. I'll be honest. My parents aren't too happy I found Dutch. Why? Most of the family doesn't like Dutch because he's a he's a big Siberian Husky, you know, and he's got a lot of energy. He he's, he's he's just like me, a lot of energy. What would you do if you found out your family had plotted against you and gave Dutch to a shelter? I don't. I don't think they have the energy or the time to do that. <laughs> but if they, I wouldn't. You know what? I wouldn't pass it by them. You know, like, like they think they know better than I do. Like I told you, it's like I'm tired of you making mistakes. Shots fired. What are you doing on your table there? I'll just rubbing my phone. There's like some dirt on it, so I was just rubbing it. It's beating into your microphone, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it that sensitive? Yeah, it's a high powered microphone. This this Yeti is good. It is good. It is. It's fantastic. And it doesn't get you arrested when you take it to China, which is pretty cool. Nothing. You know what, though? The one cord, the one element of the cord, one component is bent. It's working fine, but uh, I might have to invest in another one of these cords. I will say that the cords that come with these are absolute dog shit. Always. Accessor- because- accessories, even with good equipment, accessories are always dog shit. Yeah, it's just how it goes. So, Matt, you you were at AAW Friday. Had a lot of friends there. How, how was that show? It was good. Your boy Chief, great name, good guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the show was good. I mean, there was a little bit at the end uh, where Homicide cut a promo, and I heard about this, and uh, he said some things that. Uh, you know, I mean, we're telling a story here. <laughs> you know, I, I'm all about telling the story. Uh, he, his story got a little vulgar, a little intense, one might say. Said some strong words, uh, some offensive words. But hey, uh, but the show overall, the wrestling was really good, and uh, I had a good match with a uh, Davy Richards. Uh, TNA standout. Yeah, he's back. And uh, yep. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. Uh, this was a 
this was a really noteworthy show. Like a lot of stuff happened. Chris Hero broke the damn top rope. We have video of that well, on Fightful.com. Chris Hero running the ropes a million miles per hour, like you're supposed to. I'll give him that. Like he was hitting the ropes like a god, you know, a, a stallion, like a stallion. Mm-hmm. But like when you're that size and you're hitting the ropes like a luchador wrestling a lucha match against Pentagon Jr. And then like once the top rope broke, like I feel like a lot of their stuff was out the window, you know? So was that top rope repaired to the level it needed to be for the rest of the show? I know you wrestled before that, but... I did. Well, uh, I think so. Uh, because uh, Phoenix, I believe, and Sam, Sammy Callahan wrestled the main event, and uh, he does some high-flying stuff. So, and he did, he did some stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, the the homicide promo in question, he used some he sexual did, slurs. He but he, he apologized afterwards. He oh, why? He shouldn't have. He should have been like, yo, that's the story <laughs> I was telling. He apologized. I guess AAW maybe made him. Oh, okay. Uh, there were a lot of people, well, at least one of the reports I saw. People were kind of hurt by it. But, I mean, like, it's entertainment. Like, where I, – I, I'll be honest. I talked to some people, and some of the people I talked to were all hurt about it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, you can't, oh, you, you, can't read, you can't read too far into stuff. I don't think he – I don't think he meant it that way. Granted, you shouldn't use it in a derogatory, you know, derogatory manner. But still, I don't yeah. – you know. He's kind of so, promo like, on a mic. He, it's not like he means this personally. My thing is, where do you draw the line? Like, where, where is, where is it okay, and where is it not okay? If it's entertainment, like, I, I always draw the comparison to like Breaking Bad. Like, it's not wrong in Breaking Bad if they say that. People are like, "Well, it's a TV show; it's entertainment." Well, this is entertainment too, isn't it? It's entertainment, and then the thing is, like, a character like Homicide is like yes. He's homicide, like it's murder, <laughs> like one eight seven. Like I'm pretty sure he has moves on in his move set that are called like one eight seven, like the murder squad, and like yes, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm not a hundred percent accurate, but like I'm pretty sure that's his gimmick. So like for him to say like those things, you know, seems legit. I wish that we would go to more of a – it doesn't have to be edgy, but just an era where people aren't so offended by storylines in wrestling. like Because it's entertainment, and there are people that are misogynistic. There are people that are homophobic. There are people that beat women, yeah. and why not portray those on in wrestling? I mean, who doesn't want to beat the shit out of somebody who beats women? And if that sells you a ticket – Hey, whatever. And the thing is, I think there are promotions that do that, you know? Like, I still think, like, there are, like, look at AAW. Like, they're still doing, like, hard, more hard stuff like that. Like, you cut a promo, you can swear and do other things. Even beyond and other places where, like, they'll have intergender matches and you'll see chicks get hit with chairs or tombstones or, you know, like, there's there's still, I, I feel like there's still those elements, but they're on the indies and they're, like, it's a niche market you know yeah this show yeah we had lots of friends of fightful there tyler valls he does the commentary for them uh very very good we had trina there who's done several podcasts of course chief 
How how were the merch sales at AAW? The merch sales were good. We're very successful. The merch the merch game is it, it's always good. Did they start chanting Fightful Podcast? They should have. They didn't. I got some bro chants. Even Davey Richards ah. started a bro chant for me. Oh, wow. After I beat him. It was pretty good. Bros <laughs> all around. So did you – I'm sure you didn't stay up until 4 to 7 a.m. to watch the New Japan show the other night, did you? I mean, I was awake, but I didn't watch it. I think I was actually watching Dragon Ball Z, though. How dare you? One of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life, Matt. I've heard. I heard there was some cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kenny Omega, Okada. Go out of your way to watch that, Matt. I I don't know how you – I will. You need to. You need to. But I want to ask you, how the hell did you ring in the new year? I flew from Chicago to Pennsylvania – and then I fell asleep at like eight or nine o'clock and woke up at like two a.m. So you were asleep as it struck midnight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, the thing is, I've like I've been traveling so much. East coast. This is the party animal that WWE is afraid of. East coast, West coast, and uh, you know. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, like I, I travel, I wrestle, I work out, I have, you know, I have a lot of responsibilities. It's, uh, I, I get sleep when I can, you know, and uh, I'm still off from like traveling to Europe and China so much. It's not a bad thing, but my time, yeah. you know, it's a little off. Interesting. Yeah, and like I said, this this is the party animal that WWE is afraid of right now. I'm out of control. I'm just a what are you? I'm a shredded party animal. What are you doing with your life, Matt? When are you going to get your head straight? I actually, I actually, I did a bunch of yard work. Clean. I, I just I went crazy on the house because they're coming to inspect the house for the dog. Oh, because they do that. So like, it's happening tomorrow. Is it snowing out there? It's crazy out here right now. It's not snowing at all. It's actually it's cold. It's freezing, but there's no snow. Yeah, we're snowed in here, and we're we're a little further south than you. Whoa, you're snowed in in Kentucky, is it? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, you got this this evolved booking in San Antonio. I'm gonna yeah. try to make it. I'm gonna try to make it. You're Bye. a real Munson. A Munson? What the yeah. hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you know what it means. I don't know what a Munson means. <laughs> you should. I'm going to Urban Dictionary Munson. You should. You're a Munson. Right Let's see. <clears throat> it's from Kingpin. Is it? Is that what it says? It says, derived from the, the film Kingpin, starring Woody Harrelson, whose character's last name is Munson. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's why I'm calling you a Munson. It, it describes someone who has everything going for them, and when they reach the pinnacle of success, they do something that causes them to lose it all. You're, Jesus Christ, Matt. You're a Munson. Why are you such a shitty person right now? Oh, it's God. funny. It's so funny. Usually, whatever makes that person lose it all is by a bad decision they have made, driven by greed. 
Then there's a second one that doesn't have as many thumbs up. A Munson, an idiot, an imbecile, dumb, stupid, or just an overall beauty? What the hell? The ending, well, that's that's all the above right there. I feel like us going through Urban Dictionary should be a new uh, segment on the show. Well, I'll break out a word. I'll call you an insult or something every show, and you can look it up. How dare you? Hey, hey, it's 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 a good time, and it's all for the show. So, dude, but seriously, you should come to that match in San Antonio. Hey, I'm weekend. I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. There's a Wrestle Rumble thing that I was wanting to take part in, but hey, if you're wrestling there and I can make it. You can make it. Like, literally, we time our events so you can make NXT, the Rumble, everything. Well, I mean, that's a big part of it. Yes. Side by side. I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it, Matt. It'll be good. It'll be good. I'm sure it will be. You're a fantastic wrestler. You'll see it's not just me. It's a whole show of stallions. Let's check out check out some of our news stories of today. How, Animal, con- go ahead. How about how about this? Ronda Rousey doing good in the cage. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. That well, it's a big topic, and I feel like I feel like not enough people are talking about it because it's happened twice now. So people are like, "Well, that happens," but that's a big deal. Yeah, that does not happen. What what happened to her does not happen at the top levels. I have never seen anybody have their fucking dome rocked like that, uninterrupted, in a title match that quick. I mean, you know, we've seen Aldo get knocked out, but this was a sustained, like, 48-second drubbing of the head. And did you hear what Amanda Nunes said at the press conference after? I did not. Enlighten me. So I'll say it basically the way she said it. She said that she was pretty much just expecting Ronda Rousey to have really shitty coaching, and that was her game plan. And as it turned out, that was right. She said that Ronda thinks she's a boxer, and her coach has her convinced that she's a great boxer, so she knew that Ronda would stand with her, and she was going to take advantage of it. Hot damn. Ronda's the idiot. I don't know why she would stand. You know why? why you, know, you know why? I'll tell you. You know why people stand? Why grapplers start standing when they fight? Why? Because it's so. And I don't mean this against strikers, but it's so much easier to stand up and fight than it is to like grind somebody to the earth, hold them down, beat their face, and then submit them. It is so hard to hold like a strong human being down and beat their face in. It's so hard, but at what the same time, at? it's like the most rewarding feeling. Nunez also said she doesn't know how Rousey made it this far, and I, I sort of agree with that because I mean she's got she's she's not a terrible fighter or anything, but the way that people fought her, Matt, just you know I'm not a pro fighter here, but common sense tells me if yeah. you're facing a woman who won a fucking medal in judo, you don't run at her. Hey, bro, it's the same thing with. Uh, you, you see it, like, look at Conor McGregor. People stand and trade with him, and it's like, why are you not just, like, circling away making Conor chase you? It's like an Anderson Silva thing. It's like, why are you chasing Anderson Silva when you should just be circling away, shooting your jab and leg kick out there, making him come forward and attack? 
It's the same thing with Connor. It's like, especially if you get takedowns, make him attack, then shoot. It's easier, you know, and, you know, and people aren't fighting that way. People are, they, like I said, they'd rather strike and, you know, you pay the price. Sometimes it pays off. Like you'll see a grapple and knock out a striker sometimes, but most of the time, nine times out of ten, they get picked apart and it's bad. Kat Zingano, Sarah McMahon, Liz Carmouche, Alexis Davis, Sarah Kaufman, they were all, Misha Tate even, were all way too willing to get in that clinch. And I there was just no reason that should happen. Then you had Betch Kohea, who she's a she's an aggressive striker, but I wouldn't call her a good striker by any means. She throws a lot of arm punches. And the thing about Rousey is she's got a lot of power because she's got all that leg strength and core strength. But when she strikes, she still strikes like she's a judo player. She strikes and stands like she's a judo player, rather. Uh, Holly Holm doesn't do that. Amanda Nunes doesn't do that. And the Holly Holm thing, Matt, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of her early fights, but even like when she fought in Legacy, it didn't matter who she fought. It's like she pretended they were Ronda Rousey. Like, like they were all practice for Ronda Rousey. If anybody would try to clinch her, she would immediately back out of the clinch like it was Ronda Rousey in front of her, even if she could wreck those girls in the clinch. Um, Amanda Nunez did what she was supposed to do. She fought Ronda Rousey just like she fought Shayna Baszler, another Edmund Tverdian project. And when you fight those people at range – that's something I want to talk about. What do you think of her coach? I don't know. Like, this is one thing I'll say about training. I won't say anything about a coach because every coach has their philosophy, whatever. But my, my big thing, being as successful as I have been with the short amount of time I've been in like either wrestling or MMA or even amateur wrestling and et cetera, is – you can't just learn from one person. The second you start just learning from one person, you start limiting yourself. You know, like me, I, I trained in Arizona. I trained in Pennsylvania. I trained in New Jersey. I trained in Vegas. You know, I trained all training California. I trained all around the world, you know, and that's how I got good. Even in wrestling, I trained at like four different schools. You have to get different looks from different coaches. And I think the biggest problem with, you know, Rhonda and Rhonda's coaches, they're not like, you know, like she's not learning from anybody else. They're not bringing in another striking coach, another wrestling coach, another jujitsu coach, or, you know, nothing's evolving. You know, and the thing is when you're in the, you know, UFC or in mixed martial arts, the game is evolving every second. You know, like you have to keep evolving even like even wrestling even jujitsu even just the bits and pieces of mma are evolving daily so so you you got to be on top of it we see things like fabricio verdum jumping through the air and kicking somebody in the face uh not not a shocker here one of edmund's guys got kicked in the face travis brown used to have some like awesome footwork when he first came into the ufc that's gone now training with edmund Jake Ellenberger went to Glendale, and he was a solid 170. He wasn't like a world beater or anything, but he was a solid one. He beat like Jake Shields and Mark Ward and Diego Sanchez. Then he lost three of his four fights when he was there. Shayna Baszler was a pioneer of women's MMA. She was catching people in twisters and double wrist locks and everything. Never won a fight after she trained with Edmund. 
uh, Jessamine Duke was considered one of the top prospects at 135 or 145. Couldn't win a fight after she went to Edmond. Uh, Rousey's buddy, uh, Marina Shafir, she had a little bit of a judo, judo background. Started fighting like a boxer and couldn't win any fights. Uh, but I don't think that's a coincidence. All right, so when did all this start happening? Like, has he been cornering women this whole time to, like, losses? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It's it's pretty rough. And if you were to look Ellenberger. at his record. Yeah, and Ellenberger uh, left. I mean, yeah. I'm good. I don't have to look at his record, you know? Yeah. Ellenberger left, and uh, he beat Matt Brown. But, I mean, his, I think Ellenberger's has more to do with the fact that he's been fighting for – 10 years and he's probably taken a few too many to the dome but some of the others it's like it's questionable but so what was your reaction to hearing or seeing rousey's performance last friday i wasn't shocked i figured it was gonna go that way or the other way like she's either gonna win quick or she's gonna lose quick you know uh a big red flag was her not taking any media her being that standoffish, she looked good at weigh-ins, which was promising. But you know, she trained hard, but she didn't switch anything up from her previous fight, so the same outcome occurred. Like she literally did not change a single thing from the last fight. Uh, not a bit. Yeah, like not even strategy. Not even talking coach is like strategy didn't change. Like. It was almost like, hey, go out there and prove the world like you you can do it, you know, and then she just got knocked out again. Uh, so, yeah. Did you did you see Dominic Cruz get the brakes beaten off of him? I, I saw the fight. The fight was – it was a good fight. That Cody guy is pretty legit. I couldn't believe it. There is nothing that he had shown in his previous fights that – led anybody to believe that he was capable of doing what he did and he's he didn't a, even look tired. He's a, well, it's the weight class guys that like cut that much weight is I'm not that they're big guys, but for like a hundred and what is it? 35 pounds. Yes. They're big guys for 135 pounds, you know? Sure. And when you make that weight and you weigh 135 pounds, the gas tank, you can go all day, you know? No, yeah. I'm not making an excuse for them, but you see those guys. There's not an ounce of fat on them, and they're 135 pounds, and they're trained to kill each other, you know? Uh, but, yeah, that fight was good. That's like two world-class guys, you know? I feel like Dominic's on his downward spiral. I feel like that's why he lost the fight. I feel like, you know, Dominic Cruz a couple of years ago would have beat the crap out of, you know, beat the crap out of Cody, but, you know... It's a time is time. Have you heard of this TNA news? Good. Kind of. Yeah, I would say good. Oh, okay. Drop it, brother. Dixie Carter is out. Oh. Jeff Jarrett back in. As a corporate stuff? Yes. Uh, we reported on Fightful.com last night. Anthem, who, which is owned by the Fight Network in Canada, has started uh, a new parent company for TNA. Dixie Carter is still a minority owner, very, very small portion. Will serve on an advisory board, but she's out of control. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, who ran TNA, helped found TNA, is back in. 
Now, here's the issue. I was like emailing, texting, uh, messaging a lot of TNA talents and employees about it. All of them but one found out when I asked them for a comment. They had not been told at all. They weren't sent anything. What do you think about that as a as you're you're getting the news that a new co- that a company is making changes and you find out from a writer instead of the company itself? Well, I look at it like this. I feel like maybe the answers aren't 100% in order, you know, like everything's not official official, so they're not going to just say, "Hey, you know, and tell everybody what's going on until it's a hundred percent. It's the same thing, like even with WWN and the Flow Flow Sports or Flow Slam deal. You know, like it's not like that deal was signed and gave, and everybody called everybody and told them it went down. It's like you waited, you know, to make sure everything was good after the. You know, you just wait until everything's official. This is a digital age, so I, I see that happening a lot more these days. Like, if this were 15, 20 years ago and the internet wasn't so prevalent, I could see that being more of a problem, but I mean, I just wonder why they weren't maybe emailed or anything. Because, I mean, I got a press release that the wrestlers didn't get. And the, So the press release was from TNA? It was from Anthem, the company that now owns TNA. Oh, well, hey... It's not. I mean, I don't know. Hey, that's one way. That's one way of telling all your employees. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you when know? they know that they send me and other writers stuff that we're going to be asking questions. But yeah. there were people. It was. It was said. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get. I guess I didn't realize Anthem. You know, I get it now. So Uh yeah, that's a little. You know, they should have probably sent something out to their athletes. Yeah, I just figure if they can send one out to to me and other writers, they could. Hey, just include the wrestlers in that same one. It's not that bad. But hey, I I I like it. One wrestler told me that they almost expect something like this to happen at every set of tapings now because something crazy always happens for them. Uh. Now we're we're in a very unique period, Matt. I mean, you're a, always a sought after guy. We're hitting a period. It always happens at the beginning of every year. A lot of contracts are coming up. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Drew Galloway's is up next month. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The Hardys are up right before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Cole's is up in May. Uh, Jay Lethal just re-signed with TNA. Kyle O'Reilly's is up. 
Uh, Bobby Fish rejected a WWE offer and is staying with Ring of Honor. Uh, War Machine, theirs are up. Do you do you like hearing this kind of thing? Is this like is this exciting for you, or are you just because I mean this could add subtract people you may be working with in the future? Yeah, well, you know, I know who I'm working with in the future. My schedule is set for like the next like three four months. So, I mean, it really, I feel like it doesn't affect me. I'm on the indies, so I can work anybody, anywhere, anytime. I know the only guys that I won't be working probably in the near future are, like, a lot of uh, Ring of Honor guys, unless I work them at certain shows. Mm-hmm. Because I know... Like PWG. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Because I know they're uh, they're like even I saw Silas Young this past week in AAW, and we wrestled at the Monster Factory a while back, and he wrestles for Ring of Honor. And I said like, "Oh hey, you're out here. We should wrestle out here at AAW." And he's like, "Well, I would love to, but I think my next show is my last one, January twentieth or nineteenth, because after that, like Ring of Honor is not going to have him doing anymore." shows you know and i was thinking like aw is not like a tremendously it's not like tna or you know yeah it's not like a huge show it's like a big indie show but so like to me that was a little odd you know the interesting uh, we've had a lot of people putting (laughs) putting this show over for your utter lack of giving a shit about contract status about anything like that i think you pretty much know you're gonna have a job in wrestling. Who me? Regardless. Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, let, well, let, well, you know, that's you, there's a lot of jobs in wrestling. Like, look, you have a job because of wrestling <laughs> and MMA. What else that supposed to mean? There's jobs. There, there's jobs. You just got to be good at stuff. You know, uh, I just so happen to be good at wrestling right now, and uh, and. I think the big thing I, I am, I'm just honest. Like, like anybody can make a living out of wrestling, be it a joke, be it commentary, be it wrestling, be it, you know, selling T-shirts, be it selling action figures at the indie shows every week. And whatever it is, like, you can make a living at wrestling one way or another from a big scale Apparently, or small scale. Apparently, I have a job in wrestling. I'm just saying. You, you've ran shows, too. I've I've worked shows. I've what? I've helped I helped book a, a show. Or You've two. helped out. Also, uh, you, somebody you know in the, it goes into it. Somebody in the chat notes that uh, Team Alpha Male and Chris Cyborg's camp both reached out to Ronda Rousey. Uh, if I'm Ronda Rousey, I'm jumping all over the Team Alpha Male thing because I don't think she's leaving California. No chance in hell she leaves California. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. Maybe she needs to get out of California. Maybe she needs – I feel like – and I don't mean this weird, but I remember training next to Gina Carano, and I feel like some of these chicks, they reach a certain level of success, and they kind of – like, and so do guys. Like, I feel like certain guys, they reach a certain level of success, and, like, especially with the camera and the lights and, you know, and, like, Gina, like, Rhonda, like, others in the past, like – it gets to them, you know, and they crack under the pressure. They... Yeah, I don't know about training with Cyborg, but um, 
Sticking around, maybe going to Team Alpha Male. It, I've, I've heard worse ideas. King's MMA is also near. Like there, there are plenty of places in California to train. There's plenty of places. I would have figured Team Alpha Male would have been the best because all those guys are her size, like legitimately. She does have issues with Paige Van Zant, but I mean, Ronda Rousey was just being shitty to people around that that period. I want to read. She's just, an excerpt. Ronda's just jealous because Paige Van Zant's prettier. She, I'm not but, touching that with a 10-foot pole. I'm not touching that one at all. What do you mean? She's not, not from here? I'm not getting accused of anything. I'm not. Oh, are you no. not allowed to like say people are attractive? Oh, of course I can. But, man, on Twitter, uh, if you're a writer and you, you get accused of sexism and all this goofy uh, shit, man. It's dude, ridiculous. I post pictures of myself in my underwear all the time. and Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. That's your gimmick. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's my gimmick. <laughs> that's just me posting pictures of me in my underwear. Uh, I'm going to read an excerpt from last week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Oh, I hope it's good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you say. We talked about it a little bit. It says, while they haven't made an official offer, or hadn't at least of two weeks ago... Mm. WWE is more open to Matt Riddle than a few months ago. Everyone knows he's one of the best prospects to come along in the sense not many in modern history have ever gotten so good in so few matches. Riddle is under contract to Evolve, but that means nothing as Evolve's policy is to always release guys if WWE wants them. I have no idea why New Japan doesn't go after him, although it probably is inevitable that he'll be in WWE and probably a major star at some point. Matt? Mm Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think he's hitting it right on the head. I mean, I mean, uh, I think as long as I keep working hard and doing what I'm doing right now, getting the matches I'm getting and putting on the performances that I am and getting, I think the biggest thing is getting better and better, you know, like improvement, like, and I think that's what I'm doing every time I go out there. So I, I think I think after this month, I think after January, because I'm going to be in England a lot this month, and I'm wrestling Shibata this month. And I think when uh, people see that match with Shibata and that you know gets some eyes on it, I really think uh, that'll open up some of the Japanese promoters. You know, like. Maybe New Japan or Dragon Gate or, you know, and not maybe, maybe we don't do something crazy, but maybe I get to go over there and play a little bit, you know. Come on. Are you able to do New Japan under this deal? I, you know, the, the thing is me and Sal, we are very close and we do business not just in professional wrestling but in mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've already compromised on multiple things. So, uh I'm pretty sure if the opportunity was right and it would benefit the both of us, I don't see why I couldn't, you know? Wrestling's in such a cool spot these days because, like, 10 years ago, that ain't happening. Everybody wanted their people. They wanted them where they were, and they didn't want them working anywhere else. And, 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 don't, to, and don't get me wrong. To a certain extent, that's still the case, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like there's, there's, trust me, there's still places like I can't work. And even like in even other places where I might still not be able to work, we might be able to work something out, but it would, you know, like we would have to work something out, 
you know, like yeah, but if it's for two thousand five, it's for two thousand five. They would not let you out of a deal to go to WWE if that offer was there. That shit would not happen. You don't think but so? Oh hell no, hell no. If it, everybody was so territorial and stuff, and I'm sure there were a few exceptions, but even on the indies. Well, I mean, this is this is a, a unique situation of the indies these days. What is an indie anymore? Indies didn't really used to sign a lot of people to exclusive contracts or semi-exclusive contracts. It was just it's it's a really it's a cool period. I think it was Gabe that tweeted out maybe about a month or so ago when Flow Slam started. He's like, if you're an indie wrestler and you're not where you want to be at this point, you've really got just yourself to blame because there are options everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I, cool. I think this is one big thing is like, I know I'm under contract and stuff, but being under contract is not the bee's knees, you know? Being under yeah. contract is like you're under contract, which means there's rules. And, you know, the only reason you should sign a contract is because you're financially going to benefit from it. If you're not going to financially benefit or see something out of it, you shouldn't sign a contract. There's no need to. You should just be like, no, I'll just work for you and we can, you know, do it like that. Because what's the point of signing a contract unless you benefit greatly from it? You know, because sure. you're limiting yourself. I just want to make a few points about that excerpt that Meltzer wrote. It said, WWE is more open to Matt Riddle than a few months ago. Hey, you know what didn't what didn't exist a few months ago? The Fightful.com broadcast. I don't think that's a coincidence. I I don't I don't know if it is. I don't I think I think they I think they see you on here and they're like, that Matt Riddle. He's in with that Sean Ross Sapp guy. We better snatch him up real quick. I think they think they see a lot of potential with our podcast. Yeah, must be. Maybe also, we get maybe we get a spot on the network. To like we, we you know like daily. Could you imagine, dude? Imagine if we had a daily podcast and we like interview people every day. Could you imagine when we if we get on there and we start talking about Leoto Machida drinking you, his own you, kids? You look like the one guy that already works for WWE. Tom Phillips. You probably, yeah, but with a beard. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. What's his name, Tom Phillips? Yeah, I get that all the time. How does that He might be a little taller than me, though. I don't know. Let me see how tall he is. I'm like six feet tall. Whoa, you're a giant in that office chair. (laughs) Well, I mean, I get that a lot, too. People are like, you're deceptively tall, but. Yeah, you you look shorter shorter on the webcam. Hey. You know, and like, you see, like, you see, like, me, my webcam is like, I just show, like, the whole room almost. Yeah. Well, my thing is, my desk is pushed up against the wall. Mm -hmm. So I can't be, like, back like this or anything. I mean, I guess I could. You could. How well are you able to hear me okay? I don't know. I don't know if you brought your microphone closer to you. Like, well, it's like my web, Mike, my webcam's on my TV, my steam machine's under my TV on my TV stand, and I'm just sitting on my couch. With my yeah, microphone probably, on my coffee table, talking all slow. True. Yeah, see, I, I, my, my mic is at the edge of my table. One day, when I get this office finished, I will do like a virtual tour or something, but not right now. We're in the middle of remodeling. Yeah, me too, bro. I'm always also, remodeling. I got three kids. That's <laughs> true. My house is uh, smashed. I was also, <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence that the WWE has renewed interest in you one week after we talked about people shitting on the street yes. on our podcast. Yes. Hey. Well, you know, the thing is, I think they need people that aren't afraid to hit the topics. And, uh, 
Yeah. Okay, you watch a lot of the network. Did you watch their new show on Monday? I actually haven't been watching. I usually do watch a lot of the network. I haven't lately. It was what fucking happened? infuriating to me. What was it? Was it another camp WWE? <laughs> that was that was fucking gross. That was horrible. <laughs> who who what, wrote what that? Who have... wrote that? Seth uh, Seth Green. That guy what, should what be taken like out back it? and beaten to death. What's that? What didn't you like about Camp WWE? What do you mean? You know what it was? It was just very poorly written. Like, the animation wasn't bad. It was just very poorly written, and the jokes were garbage. And it was like, and the thing is, I'm all for swearing. I, I love, you know, a good swear, especially in a cartoon. It adds, you know, it's cartoon swearing, whatever. But at the same time, it was unnecessary swearing in that show. Like, no joke, no punchline, no nothing. Just just say the F or say fucking shit and whatever. And they were saying it for no reason, no jokes. And, you know, that, that made me upset. Because it wasn't even like, it was just like excessive swearing for no reason. And then like, and then after that, you could tell like, they're like, well, no swearing at all. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what you do. You just, you need to go in the middle, you know? Yeah. You need good jokes. Make it mean something. You, you, you got to tell a story. You guys, Vince, you go. Vince, you should know all about this. Tell Seth Green to tell a story, not just to get his shit in with the swear words. I like that. I like that. It's it's just like any wrestling match. You have to make the high spots mean something. Cursing is a high spot in cartoons. You That's can't just bombard people with high spots. You got to hit a couple arm drags and drop kicks before you hit a dive over the top. You know? I like it. So this new show, they had Peter Rosenberg. Do you know who Rosenberg is? He He's a DJ for Hot 97. Really smart dude. Okay. Uh, he works for he works for ESPN. Most, they brought most DJs are like what kind of disc jockey? Just yeah, and he's he's a personality. Like he's a noted wrestling fan. He's appeared on the pre shows a couple times, but um, they had him host this show, and it was kind of like pardon the interruption on ESPN. And they had JBL, who was just fine there. He was actually really good, and Paul Heyman. And I'm a fan of Paul Heyman, but man, Paul Heyman was in full carny mode. Full carny mode. And their whole thing was people on the internet bitching and moaning. People on the internet bitching and moaning. And I'm like, okay. So people sat through three hours of Raw and your most hardcore of fans then tuned into the network and you're going to shit on them for bitching and moaning because they don't like something. And there was this spot where JBL broke down why Raw is three hours. And it's a financial situation. They make a lot of money off of that extra hour. And Paul Heyman's like making Rosenberg, this DJ, he's like, do you want it two hours or three hours? And Rosenberg says, well, I'd like it a lot more if it were two hours, but I understand you got to make money. So it's fine. Three hours. It was, you have to go back and watch this and how he, like Heyman held the poor guy hostage, which that's Heyman's deal. Heyman is, Heyman is what he is and he's really good at it, but man. I think you need to check that out. It's something. If you're watching Total Divas, Dude, you be Total Divas brings that fire. This uh, this uh, chat sounds kind of boring. It no, well, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Extra hours of raw. No, it's just just watch just I'm, watch I'm, the interaction. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. 
it's just frustrating because you see the way that WWE thinks through this show. It's that take what we give you and like it type of thing. Like, how dare you voice your opinion on something you like or don't like? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. You don't have to get me started. Just saying, man. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it. Been there, done that. Well, didn't do it. Didn't seen it. <laughs> well, I mean, you blew through a damn tryout, didn't you? I did. I did smash a tryout. I was literally chanting out my numbers while I was doing the routines and saying my name. With, were you with ease? Yeah, the stallion. You were chanting out your numbers, well, like, you know, so, like, like so, like they have you go ring to ring, and you have to do like a cardio exercise, and before you get in the ring, you wipe your feet off, hop in the ring, and you say your name, and then you do like a series of like five to ten exercises. Well, during my exercises, I could like count while doing the exercises, while most people were just blown up. Not bragging, I'm just saying, good cardio. That's impressive. I've seen a, a lighter version of those tryouts. Uh, they do them publicly at the Arnold Classic in Columbus, and they they don't look fun. Yeah, and- they're not bad. It's just a lot of it's like a lot of people don't realize moving your body, like rolling, back rolling, bumping, you know, sprawling, sprawling a different way, hitting the ropes, that all that stuff, you know, especially doing it properly with the steps properly and everything right, it, you know, it takes a lot of concentration and work, but – you know, I've got some news for us. Some news stories for us, Matt. New story, or is it news? News. news stories. News stories. Cool. Doctors remove scissors from man's abdomen after 18 years. Okay, that can happen. A man from Vietnam was walking around for 18 years with evidence of a cutting-edge medical mistake. A pair of surgical scissors that were left in his body. Uh, Saturday, doctors removed scissors from the abdomen of a 54-year-old that were discovered uh, during a routine medical check. The six-inch scissors were found next to his colon and had become rusted. They had uh, left, been left in there by a surgeon in 1998. Does he uh, now, has it been too long? Can he file a claim? <laughs> I would hope so. Or they're like, um, you're good. Like, you, this this actually strengthened your immune system, having these scissors in you. Rusty scissors? Rusty scissors. Like, you're immune to tetanus. What would you do if you found out, if you, you're, getting, you're getting your Evolve WWE Medicals done? Have you ever had surgery, Matt? No comment. Yeah, I've had surgery. I've had uh, multiple multiple hand surgeries, multiple knee surgeries, meniscus, and then a plate in the hand and stuff. So what would you do if you figured out that there was a scalpel hidden in your knee? Well, I feel like I would have found out by now. 18 years, Matt. This was next to the dude's colon. Well, you know, the thing is, I'll tell you this. Like, did the guy say anything? Like, after that surgery, nothing was the same. Like, I just couldn't do anything. I thought that was just part of the surgery. You know, like, you know, I would like a description of that because you, you can't really just go 18 years with, like, scissors in you if it's uncomfortable. He said he had been feeling some discomfort. He didn't re- release like a quote or anything. 
but uh, it looked like the scissors had become like bent. It looks nasty. I it bet. Looks gross. I bet, bro. I was surprised he metal was, detectors didn't go off more with him in it with the scissors. Throughout the 18 years, he had been prescribed ulcer medications here and there. That'll happen. That'll happen with those uh, rusty Th- Dude, that'll, that'll happen with a plate of hot wings. So it's like, can't really blend the scissors for that either. Come on, it's rusty scissors, man. Uh, yeah, like if you tell me he was a vegan and he had to take like Nexium, I'd be like, all right, these scissors fucked him up. But at this rate, it's like, I've taken Nexium growing up as a kid. My diet sucked. On. So because he was taking Nexium, you think that the rusty scissors didn't have anything to do with it? This isn't that Come on now. I think we're losing you a little bit, Matt. Are you losing there? me? I was a little bit oh, here and there. Oh, it makes me sad to hear. We got, might be I bet it does. Me. We got one more news story. Animal control removes a giant snake found chilling out in a toilet bowl. This happened in Virginia. They pulled a five-foot yellow anaconda from the bathroom of an Arlington apartment. This is every child's worst fear. That's my worst fear, especially when you're taking a poop or something. Yeah, you sit down, you take a dump, you get your ass bitten. I'm not even worried about my ass. Like I can take like an ass biting. Yeah, it's true. You know, the dong bite, the the bean well, the bean bag bite. That's like game over. He pierces like a vein. I would imagine that's a lot like a like a Chinese finger trap where you have to go in instead of out if you want to survive. Yeah, well, that's when you know you you gotta like. You probably should just like pull it off and like chop off its body, like from its head. You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, a five foot yellow anaconda snake. A five foot. You know, a five foot. It sounds big, but that's actually not that big. Well, I mean, when it's in your toilet, it's pretty big. Think about it. For it to fit in a toilet, you can fit in a toilet. I can't. It's not that big. Yeah, but. It was barely in there. There's no way you would have even sat down in that thing without being like, there's a snake in there. Maybe snakes could have been there. How did it get in there? Did it go up through the pipe? Let's see. Or did it like slither from an apartment nearby into their apartment or something? Oh, and somebody, yeah, somebody did go to use the restroom and it was just curled up in the toilet bowl. Um, They don't know how it got in there. Um, they said it could be that the heat kicked on and the floor was so warm that they were seeking a water source to cool off a little bit. They can get loose, make their way through people's walls, and just show up wherever there is a hole. Wow, that sounds dirty. Sounds horrifying. Matt, what do you have going on? They can just just show up wherever there's a hole. (laughs) Damn snakes. We've all we've all known somebody like that. Um, yeah. Matt, what do you have going on this weekend? This weekend, uh, I have off. Really? 
Yeah, I have awful. Next next weekend, it's my birthday, but I'm traveling to England and I'm wrestling a whole bunch and stuff like that. And then the following weekend, I'm wrestling a whole bunch and I'm traveling to England again. And then, and then I'm going to Texas. There are no major MMA events. There are no major wrestling events. Matt's not working, but Fightful.com has features I, I, for you. I'll be honest. I wouldn't even mind working, I guess. But, like, I wasn't planning on it. But, like, I don't even, like, I know, like, my buddy uh, Jeff Cobb isn't working. And I know a couple other of my boys aren't, like, working this weekend. So, I feel like, you know, this is Stallion Week off. <laughs> is there, is this any, uh. Is there any friendly shit talking going on between you and Cobb over the Submission Underground deal? Well, the thing is with the Submission Underground deal, I don't know. Have you seen Submission Underground promoting it? Not at all. Yeah. And uh, now this is what I've been told. Uh, Flow Sports, they had a guy representing uh, Jeremy Botter. And I don't know what's going on, but I heard he was no longer working there. Yes, he is not working there anymore. And he was the one that told me about the match and stuff, and Cobb. But now he's not working there, and they're not, like, promoting it, and I don't know who to talk to about it or anything. He's the only person I talked to at Flow Sports, other than the people from the documentary, was Jeremy. I'll get you in contact with somebody. I know who you should talk to. Yeah, get me in contact. Let me know, because... uh, if not, me and Cobb are probably going to go up to Beyond or go somewhere else and wrestle on WrestleMania or on Royal Rumble Day. Or maybe we'll just... You also just entered the Royal Rumble. That's what I'm saying. Like, have me, you know, just do the AJ Styles, enter the Rumble. <laughs> well, I think we lost Matt. Yeah, Matt's gone. Either way, guys, no major wrestling events this weekend, no major MMA events this weekend, no major boxing events this weekend, but Fightful.com is still bringing you the goods, tons of features, including our first Fightful.com Pro Series article from Jason Kincaid, uh, former Ring of Honor wrestler, Evolve wrestler. He takes a look at his trip in Mexico uh, wrestling. It, I, I'm so excited for this and other stuff in the, the Fightful Pro Series. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. Fightful.com is the place to be. Go there, register, sign up, do all that good stuff. It's absolutely free. We give you all the latest wrestling news, reports, live coverage, forums, discussion boards, podcasts, if you didn't notice. Subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. We got it all for you. Every damn bit of it, my friends. Fightful.com. Follow us at Fightful Online, at Sean Ross Sapp. Until next time, guys. Hey, that Shane Helms podcast drops tomorrow. He comments on the TNA situation. Also, we discuss gimmick matches and UFC 207, of course. We did our awards show yesterday. Check that out. Till next time, guys. We've got some cool stuff coming for you next week as well. Major changes. We're out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.